Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Today we're going to be talking about healing of the soul. Healing of the soul. And um, again, the, uh, the foundational scripture is found in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. I'm going to read that and then I'm going to backtrack in that same verse because it gives us some clues as to how we can be healed in our soul. So it says, uh, Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, which is what we're talking about, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Say he will do it. This is not just what he's going to do in the future. It's what he's already done now. You know, I don't have to wait like my, like my mom's dad said. We won't, get, we won't know if we're saved until we get to heaven. I said, granddad, I said, the scripture says that we, know, that we believe these things, that we may know that we have eternal life. Eternal life, we know that we have it now, not we guess and hope we do. And when we get to heaven, we'll, we'll maybe find out. But no, we can know now. If you know now, you should have an assurance. You should have a security. You should have a peace. And you should have a rest. I think a lot of times as Christians, we are so frustrated because we have our minds on things that are really molehills. Have you ever heard the term, you've made a mountain out of a molehill? Well, I remember a pastor years ago, as a matter of fact, Dave Landis, we used to go to his church before we started giving light. And he gave an illustration about a lady that had a, had a rug, not carpet, but a rug, and she would sweep, and then instead of sweeping it up in a dustpan, she would just sweep it under the rug. And so, you know, after a while, she started tripping. People started tripping on the rug. Well, you know, you might get away with sweeping things under the, car, uh, under the rug for a while, but eventually you're going to trip over them. Okay? So uh, we talked about the God, the God of peace. Say peace. You know, you need to, you need to know him not, as the, not, as the, not just as the warrior, but you need to know him as the God of peace. Scripture says, the scripture says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Not we're going to get it. Not that we had it for a moment and lost it. No, we have eternally peace with God. I, I eternally have peace with God. But back in the, back going back a couple of verses, I believe that this helps us in healing the soul. And uh, I, next week, I'm, hopefully, I'm going to be talking about uh, healing the body. 
But you know, everything you do with God has to be done in faith. Scripture says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. And faith requires action. So I can talk this morning to you about healing the soul. And I hopefully I'm going to give you an opportunity to where you can flush it. Any of you, for you mechanics, you know you have a radiator, right? Occasionally you're supposed to flush it. Well, let's just get a little closer home to everybody. Everybody can relate. You know what turns me off worse than any, not worse than anything. But the thing that turns me off, one of the things that turns me off is when I go into a restroom and somebody did not flush the toilet, before me. It just, it doesn't set the mood. So how many of you know a good flush is good? Cleans things up. Hallelujah. But if you, if I give you this and you do it, you'll flush the radiator, you'll flush your soul, and you'll begin to experience. Now, I believe, you know, there are some things that needs to be flushed over and over and over again. Have you ever seen a toilet? So I don't know why I'm on toilets, but uh, <laughs> have you ever seen a toilet so bad it needed more than one flush? It needed a scrub brush. It needed Comet or Ajax. Or it needed a, sometimes I think you need a jackhammer, <laughs> you know. Some are just really tough. But anyway, so it takes more than one flush. But if you'll do what I tell you to do today, you can begin to flush your soul and you can begin to experience uh, a freshness in your inner man. You know, you, you have a freshness in your inner man, but because your, soul, because your soul and your body is so empowered, it rules over your spirit. But we talked about a couple of weeks, or we talked about when, when we talked about the spirit, that the spirit man needs to rule the spirit, or needs, the spirit man needs to rule the soul and the body. Well, let's get into the scriptures. Verse 16 of 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always. You know what? That is something that will help you flush your soul. Turn to somebody and say, you haven't flushed lately. (laughs) You haven't flushed lately. If If you're not rejoicing, you're not flushing. Now we have a lady over here that uh, lived in New York City, right? Do you know there is a, there is a borough in New York City, or a place, there's another one, New York Yankees. I even hate to say it. But there's a place in New York called Flushing. Flushing, New York. Well, they need to practice what they preach, but, <laughs> but there is a place... They must have knew the benefit of flushing. Probably somebody's name, but rejoice always. You know, there's, might as well talk about it. I'm already on it. You know, there's some, some, uh, some urinals you go into, the water just continually runs. 
is always stays fresh. I hate the ones that are waterless. But anyway. We don't know anything about urinals. You don't know about urinals. Well, they have a waterless urinal. It doesn't work quite as well, in my opinion. But anyway. What's this have to do with anything? I'm talking about flushing your soul. And one of the ways you do it is by rejoicing always. If we go into, if we look into your, if we look into your eyes and your eyes are yellow, then we know that you ain't been flushing. <laughs> Says rejoice always, pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean I have to be down on my knees all the time, but I have to be in a constant communication with God. I have to be, I have to have my spirit open to what He's saying. Yeah. Because praying is not just me blabbing my mouth all the time. Praying is also being quiet so that I can hear what he says. Sometimes Jesus can save your life if you will just be quiet and listen to what he has to say. He might say, don't go to work this way. He might say, don't follow that car so close. He might say, slow down. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last just... Anyway, you have to be old to know that song. But I like that song. So pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. I heard a sermon the other day. The guy has gone on to be with the Lord. He used to be a fertilizer salesman. But he became so successful at selling fertilizer because of the stories he told that Hollywood got him to record back in the day we used albums. Remember the LPs? We, he, he did over 20 albums. But he did one called God is Good. If you want to follow up on this, you just go on YouTube and go put God is Good or Jerry Clow or whatever. But he was, he was actually preaching a sermon. He was at a church this one time. Most of the time he's at other places, he was at other places, but he talked about acting like you're a Christian even when bad things happen. He talked about uh, his son was in an accident, and they and somebody called him and said, "Everybody else is all right, but we can't get him to wake up. We cannot get your son to wake up." And so he just prayed. He said, oh, Lord God, he says, I've been preaching this stuff for a long time. He said, help me, please help me to act like a Christian. You know, sometimes we, sometimes we don't act like a Christian. And, you know, and I understand, I understand grief. Grief is tough. Grief is tough. And even if you got mad at God, and I've seen a lot of Christians get mad at God, but I didn't criticize them because I knew that once they got, once they got it, once they had a little time, once they were able to, uh, once God was able to reason with them and talk with them, then God would touch them. Yeah. Hallelujah. So I don't. But He said, "In everything, give thanks." I'll make a long story short. His son just woke up. Started talking was perfect. But this was after a, a while. 
But it goes on to say, uh, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Some, have you ever asked the question, Lord, what is your will for my life? Well, this is the will of God for your life. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. And when you do that, and when you open your spirit, man, God will speak to you, and you will know where he wants to lead you. Where he wants to lead you. He goes on to say, test all things, hold fast to that which is good. Oh, I missed a verse. Do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. I'm going to let you, uh, I'm going to let you, I don't think I need to answer that or explain that. How many of you know when you've quenched the spirit? How many of you know? Now we know the Bible says that he will never leave us nor forsake us, but there are times when we feel like he has, and a lot of times it's because we have grieved the spirit. But he says, uh, he says here, quench not the spirit. And then he says something very, very powerful. Do not despise prophecies. Mm-hmm. Let me just give you a little definition of prophecies. Prophecy is just a word from the Lord. It's not your whole life planned out. I was, I was wanting, when I went into the ministry, I wanted a word that told me everything I was going to have to do. And God gave me a word. But he says, he says I'm, going to, I'm going to lead you step by step. Because if I showed you the big picture, you'd run from it. Some of you are wondering, why doesn't God show me the big picture? Why doesn't he talk to me more? Because he's talked to you, but you're afraid to do what the last thing he told you to do. And if he showed you too much, you might think, I can't do that. The reality is you can't without him. But let me just go on to say, uh, going back to healing the soul, we know that health studies by professionals have found that unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness, can, and hatred can cause diseases. Okay? Now, if you have a disease or if you have something wrong with you, that doesn't mean that this applies to you. You could just be in a toxic environment. And what I mean by, I'm talking about a naturally polluted environment. How many of you know the guys that work down in the the mines got black lung? Some of them, not all of them. They got black lung. Why? Because of the environment. Was that, well, God, you know, God, God caused it. No, God didn't cause that. They were down in a toxic environment, okay? Sometimes the toxic environment can be uh, our inner self. Have you ever been around somebody that was so toxic you just had to get away? You just had to get away. I always wonder why nobody wants to talk to me after church. (laughs) I'm thinking, am I that toxic? That's just a joke. 
every joke has a little truth, right? Anyway, that's what my wife told me. So, we know that we know that, and we talked about flushing the soul. If we flush the soul, if we get rid of the toxic waste, then our soul naturally begins to heal itself. I hate to admit this, but you know, uh, this girl's mother <laughs> right here, she told me, I took a test, and she told me don't eat eggs, don't eat dairy, and don't eat a lot of stuff. I can't even hardly eat anything, tell you the truth. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> well, man, you know, I would get these, I'd go ahead and eat stuff, and I would get pain in my body. And then I think, well, I just quit eating that. And I stop eating that for a while, and the pain would go away. Man, I just love those eggs. And I can't hardly drink coffee without my creamer. Not, not that fake creamer. I want real stuff. But you know what? I have to cleanse my I have to cleanse myself so I can get rid of the pain. Hallelujah. <laughs> I haven't got time for the pain. <laughs> anyway. And I'll give you a story. Uh, I was in Brazil uh, on a ministry team. There was a a lady came up to me in the prayer line, and her husband was standing right beside her. And it was just obvious that she could not control the drainage from her nose and eyes. It was like just constantly running. And she asked me, can you pray for this? Now, this is, they're speaking in Portuguese, so there's a an interpreter between us. But the bottom line is she asked me to pray and I started to pray and the Lord said forgiveness. That's all I got. So I just, I just said, I don't know, but is there anybody you need to forgive? And she starts telling me that her and her husband had been fighting. Well, I said to both of them, will you be willing to forgive? Because it, I mean, she could have got healed if just she forgave, but it makes it a lot easier if the husband forgave too. It's, so we don't want to hold it. Yeah, I saw a prophetic, I saw a vision while we were worshiping this morning. And I saw this heavy chain surround, like cuffing you two together, but it wasn't a negative thing. And I heard the Lord say that he is you, he's going to use you in ministry together. And you're not to compare the gifts one with another because you're both going to be ministering differently. But the Lord says he's going to use you both in ministry and there's going to be a togetherness. And the Lord says, don't, you know, don't fear. Don't try to compare yourselves to anybody else. Don't try to make yourselves like anybody else. Just walk in peace. The God of peace, God, the God, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. So be at rest. You'll get more accomplished in rest than you will in trying to make it happen. So that's what I saw. 
But yeah, it makes it a lot easier. I'm just, this is just me and you because you give me a hug every, every time, man. I get a hug from her. It makes my day. I feel like Clint Eastwood. Go ahead and make my day. But anyway, so it makes it a lot easier when the two people to forget, uh, will forgive. Sometimes, sometimes one person has to forgive. It just makes it tougher. Let me just say this, just a thought. Before you get married, check out how angry the person is. Check out and see how quickly they forgive. Just a thought. Thank you, Jesus. You were telling a testimony of the woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, I said, I, you know, and I said, I said to them both, would you be willing to forgive? And they said yes. So we just prayed a prayer of forgiveness, and as soon as we said amen, it all stopped. I didn't even have to pray for her to be healed. She had her soul cleansed. She had her soul cleansed. And again, I'm not saying if you have a problem, you're, it's unforgiveness. I, uh, I, I don't want to say despise, but I really don't like when people tell people that are sick, you sin, that's why you got this. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Not, you know, but you know, the Bible says we've all sinned. So don't go around telling people, especially if you're on the Giving Light healing team, <laughs> or if you say you're from Giving Light and you're praying for people, hopefully you're praying for people outside. Don't ever tell anybody that you're sick because you sinned. My sister was a double amputee at, at the knees. And she had other problems. But a minister told her, the reason, you're, the reason you're sick is because you have unforgiveness. She told me, she told me in tears, she, she said, Stephen, I have searched my heart. And I can't find anything. That's because there wasn't anything. There wasn't. Don't ever. If they call, you know, and I've had people, I got a phone call one time. Somebody called me up and started berating me. I didn't even know the guy. Started berating me. He said, somebody from your church came over and told my wife that she's full of the devil. When he finally stopped, I said, uh, what's the person's name? They told me. I said, I don't even know that person. <laughs> you know, sometimes a person will come to your church one time. And now they're your pastor. Of course, you never see him again. I remember going into Weiss one time as pastor. I'm thinking, who are you? 
Why did I say all that? Because we have to flush. And if, and if you tell somebody that they're sick because of their sin, I'm going to flush you. <laughs> Not out the door. I'm just going to give you a, a, the washing of water by the word. Well, well if, the, if the water doesn't work, the sword will. Thank you, Jesus. So, Ephesians chapter 4, 26, Be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. I'm not going to look at anybody. Because <laughs> I've, I've gone to bed mad. Haven't I? I, I don't <laughs> not lately. Well, when I wasn't talking to you for a week, uh, you should have figured that out. That's a lot of years ago. I've grown up. But I've let it go down. You know, God almost killed me one time. Well, he broke my ribs. He said, God wouldn't do that. He did it to me, man. But he warned you before it happened. I'm telling this story. <laughs> Actually, it was uh, over where Scott and Donna and Joel and Aaron live. We were the only, my house was the only house there. I don't even know if they'd started yours. I was riding, it was just trails back there. It was, it was great. <laughs> now it's all ruined. <laughs> but anyway, I was riding my bicycle. I had a trail bike and uh, I'd been, you know, upset with Melody, whatever. Actually, this happened to me twice. And uh, I'm a slow learner. So anyway, I'm riding down the hill, and all of a sudden my tire gets in a rut, and, and I go, and I'm going over the handlebars, but the handlebars, a straight handlebar, and it hits me right there in the ribs. I say for a month, I was incapacitated. I was incapacitated. You say, well, I thought you preached God is good. Yeah, God is good to her. <laughs> I hope this doesn't mess up your theology, but hey, man, if, you're, if you are messing with your spouse, it goes both ways. If you are, if you are deliberately tormenting your spouse, God, you know, it's a threefold cord, isn't it? Didn't she, when she got married, didn't she ask Jesus to come in? Well, whether you did or not, he's still there. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Ephesians, or, or uh, 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Isn't that wonderful? What's the catch as your soul prospers? I can't understand why, why, why this is happening and that's happening. Is your soul prospering? Is your soul a dwarf when it comes to spiritual things? Wow. Is your soul 
Did your soul quit school? I'm talking about Bible school. Did your soul decide it's not going to learn anymore? Did your soul decide that it was proud? Now, this is another subject. When you get proud, then you cut off your mercy. You cut off your mercy. Humility is not being a doormat. Humility is saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I will forgive. Yes, Lord, I will be kind. Yes, Lord, I will be good. I promise I'll be good. I used to tell that to my dad when we was beating me with a stick. I won't do it no more. Ah! <laughs> that was back in the day. I used to go to... I used to go to church, not church. Uh, I used to go to school with wells. Where was child protection? <laughs> now that they're here, my parents are gone. <laughs> but I forgave them. They are forgiven. What do you mean you've forgiven them? I do not wish them ill. Now, I still have memories. But I do not wish them ill. That's forgiveness. Don't wish them ill. Thank you, Lord. How late do you want to go? Well, let me just give you what I got this morning. Thank you, Lord. How do we, how can we heal, help to heal the soul? The tongue of the wise is health. Proverbs 12, 18. The tongue of the wise is health. If you're not wise, you, if you're not wise, go read the, the beginning of the book of, of Proverbs and he tells you how to get wise. Through these sayings that Solomon was given. Proverbs 15, 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Mm, mm. Now let me go, let me just interject here. A tongue is controlled by your spirit and your soul. So you have to renew your mind so that the tongue will become wholesome. Okay, I was going to get to that later. Proverbs 15, 15. Ah, I just deleted. Proverbs 15, 15. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Wow. That means you're taking care of business and working overtime to keep that heart merry. You know, I, we, we talked about that in a negative light, but yet if you, if you have real trouble being content on the inside, then you need to take care of business, work overtime to keep that heart merry. Why? Because the next verse says in Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart does good like a medicine. And I believe that's physical medicine too. It will heal your soul. Personally, I believe it helps 
to be physically well by first of all getting that soul well. A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. I literally, I believe that is a literal conclusion of having a broken spirit and not taking care of business to get it healed. Now, let me just uh, encourage you for a moment. Remember, in the beginning of when I started, I said, salvation belongs to the Lord. So if I'm spending time in his presence and I'm not just talking about the problem, but I'm talking to him and I be quiet and let him speak to me. I let him heal my voice. Do you know that the Holy Spirit can counsel you? He can heal your soul. He's the best counselor, and you don't have to worry about confidentiality. <laughs> I'd go to a counselor, but I'd be afraid to might tell everything I ever did. <laughs> then what? Then um, the guy, the Amish guy, the ch- John, yeah. I said that, and he said, well, come on down. I'll do it for you. (laughs) I said, yeah, right. (laughs) No, I'm not that bad. Wasn't. I was. I was bad, but I'm not now. I've been delivered, oh, praise. (laughs) So where are we at? Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. You're familiar. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You know, you're either healing your soul or destroying it by what you're talking about. You know, we can say hallelujah, glory be to Jesus in church and then talk destruction on the way home. You're talking about how bad the pastor is on the way home. (laughs) You know, sometimes I feel it. (laughs) No, that's just my own thing. Um, Your words... In Proverbs 16, 24, pleasant words are like a honeycomb. You know what a honeycomb is? It's got honeycomb, breakfast, honeycomb. I wasn't going to do it, but you started it. <laughs> There's honeycomb, you know, and you bite into it. It's sweet. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. I want to tell you something. You know you're going, you know I'm going over. So if you have, a, if you have to go somewhere, I've already had some people leave me. <laughs> but they told me before, so. I'm, get, I'm going to get done quick. I like this. Uh, it's one of my favorite scriptures in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Let no corrupt communication proceed from out of your mouth, but that which is good to edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearer. You know, the person that listens to you the most is you. So I'll read it again. Let no corrupt communication proceed from out of your mouth, but that which is good to edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearer. You are the biggest listener to yourself. You know, you might have people think you're listening to you, 
but they're a thousand miles away. Sometimes I see it when I'm preaching, but I won't point anybody out. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11, he says, The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. And we don't have time to get to it today, but um, James, I believe it's chapter 4, the chapter that talks about the tongue, he talks about... Uh, the same mouth, the same spring, bringing, bringing forth blessing and cursing. These things, brethren, ought not to be. You, uh, in the natural, you can't get sweet water and bitter water out of the same spring, out of the same well. But yet we, but yet we Christians think that we can do a little sweet. We're, 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 we think we're Chinese. We like sweet and sour. Pork. Don't tell your mom I said that. <laughs> anyway, we like a little sweet and sour, but hey, man, you got to cut off the sour if you want to heal, the, if you want to flush the soul. So we'll rename this sermon Flushing. <laughs> she asked me on the way to church, but the Lord had other ideas. Hallelujah. Are you free? Yes, amen. You know how to get free? I just want to take a moment, and I'm not going to, if the Lord brings something to your remembrance, you know, I'm not just talking about the, the, somebody you need to forgive from 20 years ago. It could be the person next to you. It could be the person you rode to church with. Not, not this moment. I'm good. <laughs> I'm human. I've got to be me. I've got to be me. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I just need to flush my soul a lot more than some people do. But... The, this is it. Is there anybody that the Spirit of God will bring to your remembrance right now that you need to forgive? And let me define forgiveness. You are willing, you are willing that they do not have to be punished for what they did to you. I'm not saying you have to forget it. I'm not saying you have to go buddy up to them. I'm just saying, will you be willing to say they don't have to pay for what they did to you. They don't even have to tell you they're sorry. They don't even have to tell you you're sorry. Why? Because forgiveness is not for them, it's for you. They could care less whether you forgive them. And, it, and by the way, while you're fuming at them and hating them and being destroyed by them, they don't even know that you're mad at them. <laughs> but if you release them, you are the one that comes out of prison. What's that saying? It goes, unforgiveness is the poison that we drink expecting other people to die. Yeah, Something like that. 
Is there anybody? I'm not going to have an altar call for you to come forth for this. I'm just going to ask you, is there anybody that you can think of that you need to forgive? You know, just the other day I was walking through the sanctuary praying. And I pray every, every week for these chairs. And you're going to be blessed just by sitting in these chairs. You're going to be blessed. But I remember I had a thought of when I was around five years old. Five years old. My brother had a scooter. You know, like a moped type thing. He had a scooter and uh, it was in running condition. And he parked it under an apricot tree that was in our yard. Well, me and the kid next door, we were playing on it. And we decided it needs some fuel. So we opened up the tank, put some dirt in it. Oh, no. <laughs> we didn't think, I didn't know about dirt. So anyway, he decides he's going to sell this thing. And so they come over at night to look at it. This is dark. My yard is dark. And so they're out there looking at it, and they're trying to start it, but they can't get it started. So they must have looked in the tank to see if there was gas. Well, they must have discovered <laughs> that it was filled with dirt. So I hear my name. <laughs> and so I go out, and everybody is, I mean, they are livid. And I'm five years old. And this anger is funneled towards me, five years old. So what, I, what do I get into, fight or flight? I get into lying mode is what I get into. <laughs> Did you put dirt No, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I was saving my own life. So I thought, do I need to call my 11-year-older brother to tell? He knew I did it. But that thought came to me. And if a thought comes to you like that, that thought needs to be dealt with. So I just, I just went before the Lord. And when I talk to my brother again, I'll talk to him about it. He knows how I did it. I ain't paying for it because he did things to me. <laughs> so, as we pray, we're going to pray in the Spirit for, for a few uh, moments. And if God brings, if, somebody's, if somebody comes to your mind, you don't have to go through a big rigmarole. Just say, Father, I choose to forgive. I do not want any punishment to come to them. I release them. In Jesus' name, and Father, forgive me for holding unforgiveness. And you will be free. You will, you, will ex you will experience the beginning of a flushing. So let's just pray in the Spirit.